I want to begin with the words of sonnet number 60 by Gerard Manley Hopkins. The times are nightfall. Look, their light grows less. The times are winter. Watch a world undone. They waste, they wither worse, they as they run. Or bring more or more blaze in man's distress. And I not help. Nor word now of success. All is from wreck here, there to rescue one. Work which to see scarce so much as begun. Makes welcome death. Does dear forgetfulness. Or what is else? There is your world within. There rid the dragons, root out there the sin. Your will is law in that small commonwealth. Hopkins speaks from a place of despair and brokenness. The sonnet opens with a haunting statement. The times are nightfall. Look, their light go, grows less. There are days, seasons in all of our lives when things seem dark, when they seem hopeless and empty, when everything seems pointless and like it's falling apart and everything around us seems empty. In today's Old Testament lesson, that's where Jeremiah finds himself. That's what he is speaking to, is to that, that pointlessness, that hopelessness, that despair as he continues his ministry. Now, I think to understand Jeremiah's message, you need a little bit of context for what he's been going through. You need to understand where Jeremiah is speaking from. So you, this is from chapter 20. And at the end of chapter 19 of his book, Jeremiah is prophesying in the temple courts. He's telling the nation of Israel and the people of Jerusalem that destruction is coming. That Babylon is going to overcome the city. The temple will be destroyed. And then at the beginning of today's chapter, chapter 20, when the, we hear, when the priest Pasher, son of Immer, the official in charge of the temple of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things, he had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put into the stocks at the upper gate of Benjamin at the Lord's temple. The next day, Pasher released him from the stocks. Jeremiah is speaking in today's message. After a night of humiliation, a night of being beaten, of being mocked, simply for speaking God's word faithfully, for speaking the message he had been given. And if you know Jeremiah's story, it's not a message he particularly likes or wants to speak, but he feels compelled to speak it. He doesn't like the idea of proclaiming the destruction of his beloved city, of the Lord's temple of all these things, but as he described in today's passage, there is a fire burning in his bones if he doesn't speak the word of God, if he doesn't proclaim it. But every time he gives that message, every time he speaks the truth, the people around him, including his friends, hate him all the more. Things are not easy for Jeremiah. Jeremiah is going through what St. John of the Cross described as the dark night of the soul. This is one of those times when every comfort is stripped away, when everything feels empty. It feels like you have nothing left to hold on to. And this can happen in one of two ways. 
It can happen actively when you choose to abstain from something. So kind of like what we do in Lent, when we, when we give up something for the season. And you spend time in, in prayer with God and in Scripture to try and grow your relationship. Or it can happen passively by your circumstances, as everything seems to be taken away. Well, Jeremiah is, is not actively choosing to forego all those things. His freedom is taken away. His friends are abandoning him. The city he loves is about to be conquered. The temple where his God dwells is about to be torn down. Jeremiah feels weak and helpless. He feels hopeless and everything feels empty. At the end of today's passage, just after where the reading stops, Jeremiah has this, continues his lament and asks, why was he even born? These are are the very next verse. Why did I come out of the womb to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? Jeremiah feels broken, weak. He's in despair. And yet God has put this message in him that he has to speak. But you see, that fire in his bones isn't something that that lifts him up. It's not that that comforting fire on a cool November evening that you sit outside and warm yourself at. It's not the fire pit in your house, the fireplace on a cold night that warms your spirit. Now what Jeremiah experiencing is experiencing is, is our God as a consuming fire, as this blazing fire that burns in his body, searches out his soul and his heart. And it is not a comfort. God brings this dark night on Jeremiah because this is how God begins to purify his spirit. The consuming fire of our God that that Jeremiah is experiencing is where God burns away all that is not his, all that is contrary to his will, all that is not useful for him. And that trial comes And when Jeremiah experiences it, it it makes him weary and faint. He wants to give up. When we hear that God allows these kinds of things to come on his prophet, on his servants, when we hear of, of Christians who have been doing the right thing, and yet God lets tragedy befall them, it can be unsettling. We wonder, why does God allow this to happen? When In our own lives, everything starts to feel empty or broken. When it feels like God is distant or has abandoned us, we ask the question, why does God allow us to be tested and tried? Why does God allow those moments to come in our lives? Why does it happen that some days those hymns of our youth that always brought us joy seem empty? That the prayers we've always prayed suddenly feel hollow. That the words of Scripture, those texts that have once given us comfort, feel empty. That those relationships that guided us have been taken away or have grown distant or cold. Why does God allow this to happen when when everything has been stripped away or, or it feels like everything has been stripped away? See, we're left with a question in that moment. When all of the blessings cease, when everything else is stripped away, is God alone enough for me to have faith in him and to love him? 
Is God alone enough? See, it's in the dark nights where the soul is stripped of everything that it loves that is not God. These are those times when our relationship with God comes into a deeper place, where we find that union, that faith, that love with God that grows deeper. It's through the dark night that we come to a faith that will follow Jesus wherever he leads us, regardless of what that means. Because more than, more than the reward of heaven, more than the, the shiny things of this world that give us pleasure, more than any relationship in this world, more than all of that, we find God most beautiful and most compelling. Because while these created things are good and they're gifts from God, and they may be real, they are not God. And God alone is who deserves our deepest love and affection, our deepest trust, who we're supposed to cling to in those difficult times. See, I've noticed something over the course of my years at seminary and throughout my life that you start to see a difference between religious people and Christian people. Religious people find God useful. Christian people find God beautiful. What I mean by that is this. Maybe an analogy will help. Religious people tend to to see God somewhat as as like a a vending machine. I press the right buttons. I say the right prayer. I go to enough services. I give enough money. And God owes me. I, I should get the reward I want. God owes me because I've done what he expected. And so we tend to treat God as a tool for whatever I want. That's how religious people tend to see God. Christian people hear of God's love, hear his story, and want to praise him regardless of where they find themselves. See, I don't need God because I want something. I, get, I want God because I find him beautiful and compelling in who he is. See, it's through the dark night of the soul that we come to a faith, that we grow from being religious people who find God useful to being Christians who find God beautiful in who he is. See, the end justifies the the trials and the pain that it took us to get there. See, God uses those moments to refine our faith. Faith is not an easy journey. And it's not a safe and comfortable life. As we see Jeremiah going through the trials, we can see how his faith grew through all of that. But that doesn't make his trials easier, and it doesn't make the things that that you're going through any easier. It doesn't make it an easy, simple life. But you see, it's through those dark nights, through those trials, that we come to see the deep love of God as we understand the suffering, the pain, the shame, the brokenness that Jesus endured for us. And as we come to understand that, we come to have a deeper grasp of this beautiful mystery that is God's love for us poured out in Jesus Christ. See, Jeremiah's whole life, his whole ministry, gives us a portrait of the man of sorrows. Someone who suffered for God's word, who suffered for doing the right thing, for speaking the truth, and and for wanting to follow God. And if you know Jeremiah's story, it's a message he didn't like, and he had the, the difficult task of being the bearer of bad news of Israel's impending doom. Knowing the shame, knowing the sorrow of Israel, 
knowing what they were about to go through. The fact that they had abandoned not only God, but abandoned themselves and the hope that God had given to them, the promise that he had made to them. See, Jeremiah foreshadows Jesus. Because Jeremiah and Jesus were both prophets who proclaimed the wrath of God on sinful men, who called out for people to turn back to God so that they could receive God's blessings. Jeremiah and Jesus were both prophets who prophesied about Israel's impending destruction and wept over what was about to come. See, just as Jeremiah prophesied and lamented over Israel as he did in his book titled by his name and in his book, Lamentations, we hear Jesus's weeping over Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 23. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen who gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. Just as Jeremiah was beaten and put into the stocks for his message of destruction, Jesus was put on the cross, beaten, mocked, scorned, crucified for his message by men of stubborn will, those who weren't willing to listen and repent. You see, Jeremiah's message isn't all of destruction and defeat. Later in his book, he prophesies a message of hope for Israel. Hear those words from chapter 31. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Jesus is the greater Jeremiah. He not only prophesied about a better hope and renewal to come, he actually brought it for us. Jesus not only suffered for the word of God like Jeremiah, Jesus by his shame and his scorn, bore the wrath of God upon himself in our place, what we deserved. Jesus endured the dark night of the soul where all was stripped away so that through his blood and his shame, we could know God's love and know that no matter what comes, he is with us, that he has been right where we are and that he knows exactly what it's like to endure and to have everything stripped away. Even in the darkest night, the blackest hours, in the hottest fires where our faith is refined in those trials, we know that God is with us, that there is purpose in those times as God refines our faith. And so I want to close with the words of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. Let them sink into your hearts wherever you find yourself. This is what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you. Nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. In Jesus, the true man of sorrows, 
we see how all of this is true for you and me. Amen.